Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! Crowdfunders, how is everybody doing out there in the land of crowdfunding? I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, and you're listening to a new episode. Today, we are going to be talking about equity crowdfunding, bacon, cooking, distribution, WeFunder, all kinds of stuff coming up on today's episode. So, I do hope you stay tuned. Well, what is going on over here? Well, we're you know we're getting closer to the end of summer here. It's First part of August, um, you know, I got kids at camp. Uh, I got schedules are all over the place. Um, you know, we're we're trying to we're trying to launch projects. We're trying to do a lot of stuff around here, uh, and things have been busy. You know, we're. Um, We've we've had a couple of real big success campaigns that have happened. So, um, if you guys are a follower of us, you've seen that um, uh, those uh, those wins for us. Uh, but also going around here is you know we're we're starting to expand a little bit. We are thinking about getting some office space here soon. That that is a you know real small office space, nothing nothing major. Um, but ultimately, what we're trying to do internally for myself is trying to get the work life out of the home life, right? So, um, you know, most people know that we work from home, you know, we send emails all day. So, um, but recently, you know, I've been feeling more and more that like the energy and the vibe of the workspace is in our home, right? So my kids pick up on my energy, my wife's energy. So we're trying to find a way that like that could, you know, there there can be a a wall, a separation. Um, And again, I think that's an important thing as as we're starting to move forward and we're starting to bring on more clients and we're we're you know we're we're growing we're getting bigger we've got more team members and you know as that's starting to happen you know there's more things going on more plates spinning it's just more 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 it feels like um, so so that's kind of some new stuff going around here we're we're in some talks right now to a building and and what's nice is that we're going to be if we do this spot it'll be like right downtown where we live which will be walking distance basically all year it'll be always be walking distance to get there um, which is great you know um, we could have a spot to have a little bit more meetings and then also i think in in general too what i'm starting to strive for is uh, what i would call like more um, more like a, a localized client, like clients that meet me, see me, everybody right now, like I've never met half of these people. So, you know, like, you know, face to face, they don't know me, you know, so that relationship between a client that you have never met um, or you never see each other face to face, it's different than if it was, you know, um, I don't know, like a local brewery or a local bakery that like, I, I come here all the time. Like I'm a member, like you, you, you know me. Um, you know, so I think that's kind of this next phase as, as, as Woodshed's, you know, continuing to grow and develop. It's about, you know, w- w- the work that we do. I'm sorry, I just bumped the mic. That's amateur. Level. Uh, that's an amateur hour right there. I just bumped the mic. But it, it's, you know, so we're trying to find ways that like the work, you know, not only matters to the to the client, but it's it really truly matters for us. In, and it makes it like a feel good thing for um you know, for uh, uh, like, like, it's hard to describe, but like when when you have clients that you you just you don't really know them, right? Um, it's easy to to have um, opinions, or it's easy to have um, thoughts pop in your mind of like, hmm, I don't think this person cares. You just, it's almost like having your entire work environment in the comment section on Facebook. So maybe that's the best way to describe it. 
that's not really amazing. So that's just some things that we've been like internally talking about. And I, I, I thought I want, I wanted to share this because, you know, these are things that, you know, as we're growing, you know, these are things that you may be thinking about too, if your company's starting to grow, like, you know, what, what do you mean in the world? What do you provide? Where do you, where does your value come from? Is it just literally checking off to do's or is it, you know, you're, you're a little bit more community driven or your work is focused on where you truly live. Right. Um, so some of the things that are that are popping around our head here. Another interesting thing too is um, we've got our first event August sixth uh, of this year. If you are in the southeast, southeast, yeah, southeast Michigan area, um, six thirty to eight thirty, you should come to the Farmington Library. I am going to be doing a presentation on how to hack Pinterest, and then we're also going to have um, uh, we're going to have between three to four people pitching from Tech Detroit, uh, Tech Town Detroit is what I should say. And that's exciting, so these guys are getting up and they're doing a dry run pitch, um, and this is for their class and um, and what they're working on. Uh, so this is gonna be exciting too, because we're gonna be sitting there and we're gonna be breaking down, um, you know, get these guys pitching their products. Um, so that's gonna be an exciting time too. So again, like I said, if you're in Southeast Michigan on August 6th between 6.30 and 8.30, and then we'll probably go have a drink afterwards, I'd love if you guys would come hang out um, and, and, and just be around and, and we're gonna be doing a Facebook live of it. So obviously you can tune into that too, but, um, yeah. Okay. So let's go back to this episode. What, what are we talking about today? So like I said, we're gonna be talking about bacon. We're gonna be talking about TBJ gourmet and currently right now they're running a WeFunder campaign, um, which means that they're trying to raise some equity, um, or money to give up equity into their project. And they're over on the platform WeFunder. They've got only a few more weeks to go. So their, their campaign is closing out. Um, they're roughly at about 116,000 or so. We're trying to get a little bit of burst here these last few weeks. Um, so yeah, so if you're thinking about maybe investing in bacon jelly, uh, we're going to talk all about it here with Michael here, they're, um, one of their owners. And uh, all right, why don't we go ahead and um, let me do a little bit of housework here. Here's what I need you guys to do. If you like the podcast, make sure you go over to uh, iTunes or wherever you get it and leave us a review. A review would be awesome. Second thing is make sure you're a subscriber. If you're not a subscriber of this, Again, go over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and hit that subscribe button, and uh, we would love to, that way you're getting constant updates, and we're going to be uh, ramping the podcast back up here a little bit more. We've got a couple other episodes in the can here, so those are going to be coming out. Um, so make sure you guys do that, and uh, pass that, sit back and enjoy, and why don't we go ahead and kick my conversation with Michael from TVJ Gourmet, and let's talk about Already sweating a little bit. You got a little sweat on the <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, well, why don't we start with a, a quick sound check? Uh, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? Uh, I fasted this morning for breakfast, so my, nice. I had uh, some delicious uh, street corn for lunch. Okay. All right. All right. Now, is this typical? Do you do a lot of fasting, or is it just? Uh, I've been doing an intermittent fast, so not eating until about one in the afternoon. The problem with the intermittent fast is, uh, you know, on the schedule that I'm on, I'm supposed to stop eating at eight at night. 
and beer counts. So uh, oh, I can't stop drinking the beer after eight and then throws off the whole, the whole scheme. Holy cow. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could take the beer out of the old, uh, I know it's tough, right? It's tough. I live right by a brewery too. And I got a mug club membership. So it's like, come on, I made we, an investment, you know, we hang our hat. The office is literally right next to one of my favorite breweries. So, <laughs> uh, Are you looking at it all day? You just staring at it. It's, like, it's, right it, it, it's so I don't have to say it, but I, it's, I know it's there. So it's in my mind's eye at all times. <laughs> and then leaving the thing, the thing is you see it right when you walk out the door. So it's like, there's the choice. Do I go get, beer to take home fill up a growler oh i happen to bring a growler i have to fill it up <laughs> right right if you've got the growler here yeah this is the time to do it wow exactly. that's nice that's awesome all right well i think we're sounding good let's just jump right into it so why don't you tell my listeners uh what you are currently raising money for and what platform you're on okay so uh we have a uh a campaign on wefunder.com for my company tbj gourmet and tbj gourmet is a uh especially food company. Uh, me and my partner came up with the most amazing product ever, bacon jam. Yes, spreadable bacon. Uh, we have some other items as well, but that's our claim to fame. It's our trend-setting, award-winning uh, item. And we're looking to expand the company in, uh, in the next few years. And so we're raising some money. Cool. So for people out there, like, what is WeFunder? What type of campaign is it? Like, like what's going on behind the scenes for the people that don't know? So WeFunder uh, is a regulation, so you have to crowdfunding site, but unlike the other crowdfunding uh, uh, platforms that you may have heard of, like Kickstarter, where we actually started, or GoFundMe, or things like that, you, you actually sell equity in the company. So it, it sort of enables the uh, everyone from a big-time investor down to Joe Schmo, or in our case, uh, friends and family and fans of the brand to become a stakeholder in the company, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So how long have you been working at this company? How, what's the track record been like? So we, uh, we founded the company. My partner and I founded it in 2013 uh, towards the end of the year. So it's been about, uh, it'll be six years at the end of this year. Wow, cool. And what was like that first year like? Like how, how did this thing get off the ground? What was some of those first early steps uh, as you were kind of growing the company? So we, you know, it went from idea to reality pretty quick. Um, my partner had made a bacon jam for uh, his Eagles tailgate buddies in his home brew club. They all said it was great, brought it into my restaurant, and I was making it there. My customers thought it was great, so we, we put it on, on Kickstarter. So um, we raised some funds, pre-sold a bunch of product, and then built a little website. And it, we did pretty well right off the bat, and we scraped up some cash and started going and selling this stuff at you know farmer's market, beer festivals, bacon festivals, and it culminated in a big christmas market in philadelphia you know we were making so much that i was cooking all night till you know sunrise and then bringing stuff down to the to the booth and selling it while it was still hot you know in the package <laughs> like we were actually using it to warm the uh the little like pop-up cabin that we were in um and, I, and when the dust settled from that we said you know it seems like we have more than just you know a side business so uh we started a company that's awesome. That's really great. So, you know, you mentioned cooking and making this sort of stuff. What is your background? Like, how, how did you get into this? Have you, were you always, a, like, were you a chef or what, what so, background stuff? So I never, I, um, I went to, to I, I worked in restaurants since I was 15. So busting tables, uh, waiting tables, bartending, and then I got in the back of the house a little bit in college. And, uh, after school, um, I started a small catering business that I thought was going to be passive income from with me and a buddy. 
and that snowballed into me owning two restaurants, uh, you know, by the time I was, uh, you know, 27. Wow. And, um, I just, you know, was doing everything, wearing all the hats there. Um, don't really consider myself, you know, a chef. I'm not classically trained. Uh, but you know, I was cooking, love the interaction with my customers, love watching people eat, you know, good food, right. uh, and getting that satisfaction and that gratification. So, um, I just started working in a restaurant one day and never left, even though, <laughs> you know, I went to, I went to school for completely other, yeah. uh, things. And it actually was similar with my uh, business partner. He was a software engineer, but also like a home brewer and a foodie. Right. And we sort of, you know, fell in this. So neither of us had CPG, you know, consumer package, good background, but, um, yeah, but we're, I'm you know, certainly passionate about food. Yeah. Yeah. That's the power of Google, right? You can, you can figure out a lot. You just got to search. <laughs> yeah. You just got to search and you, uh, Try it out. Try it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, you know, what has been sort of the ups and downs as, for your business over the last three or four years? I mean, I, uh, are you in, are you in retail? Are you trying to like trying to expand to other countries? What, what's kind of been going on behind the scenes? So the big, the big ups and downs are sort of like getting to a, a plateau Mm-hmm. and then saying and then realizing that there's like a whole other level and this happened to us several times so like we get to this point where we're like we're just killing at these events and like we get really good at making product and booking good events where we can go sell direct to the consumer we get our like our sales pitch down like we're really feeling the group we're like oh let's start selling to the businesses let's start doing b2b let's go get into retail then we realize like you're you're selling twice as much for the same amount of money because you're cutting your margin right. and then we're like well well, we got to increase volume. So we go into distribution. Now the same thing just happened again. We're selling three times as much as we originally were to make the same amount of money. So you keep hitting these different levels and then you eventually you get to a point where we're at now where you realize that, you know, most people that are at your level or that your counterparts that we're interacting with on a daily basis have been in the consumer package good business for 20, 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. right. And we're just trying to figure it out. So what we realize is, you know, we want to uh, raise some capital, be able to hire comfortably hire some new folks to uh, that have a little bit more experience, and have a, a, you know, frankly, a rolodex to to kick down some doors. We've done a great job so far. Most of our businesses come to us. We haven't uh, gone out and uh, had to do too much sales and marketing. We want to we want to change that. But the, the big ups and downs are how do you how do you grow? And having never been in this sector before or this channel before right. and not knowing what the next level is and planning for that. But we've been fortunate to have sidestepped a lot of uh, pitfalls and uh, have a good product that people want. So, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. You, you know, so, you know, for a product like this, you know, what's the thing that like keeps you up at night? I mean, is it, you know, continuing to keep product going? Is it always around funding? Is it just, you know, meeting demand for people at these trade shows, scaling up? What keeps you up at night? No, it's not. So we, we're very fortunate to have a great supply chain and good partners and, and uh, from production to actual ingredient. Um, so that's not it. It, it, it really is like, um, figuring out who the next piece in the puzzle is. Cause right now we're in like a thousand, not like we're in over a thousand specialty gourmet stores. And these are independents who pride themselves on curating really bespoke products. And then we're in 4,500 Walmarts. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't say no to that business. So what keeps me up is like managing happiness for all these people 
and then uh, filling in the gaps. So we want to get we want we believe that the bacon jam should be on the shelf of every supermarket. It doesn't matter if it's a high end supermarket or a low end supermarket. Mm-hmm. You know, bacon is a gourmet product, but it's still bacon. Right. And everybody loves bacon. So uh, and then the other part is like, can we make the next awesome thing? Like, can we do this again? Once we get once we get this to the revenue where we want it, where we think that the, the total market share for bacon jam is, is can we come up with the next thing? I don't know that we have to because we've already you know we have something that's amazing. We do have other products, but they're some of them are a little more tried and true. Uh, but we, you know, it's can you have a second hit? You know, or are you right. a one hit wonder? <laughs> uh, fortunately for us, I think with our one hit, we could take the company pretty far. Yeah, that's cool. And and where are you guys located as a home base? So we're right outside of Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. So. And what's like the incubator or the startup community like around there? Is there a good a lot of support? Is there um, mentors that you're a part of? Absolutely. Like what kind of community are you part a part of? So we're we're very fortunate. Philly's a great uh, food scene and a great uh, entrepreneur scene as well. Mm. Um, I was actually just researching for a product that the first packaged mayo was was made in Philadelphia. <laughs> Like, so we're at like the, the forefront of awesome condiments, uh, you know, things that are now staples, obviously, you know, but as far as the incubator and entrepreneur scene, you know, we started at, when we outgrew my restaurant, the stovetop, we moved to an incubator in West Philly called the, the Enterprise Center, uh, where a lot of, of a small food companies start. We're part of the SCORE uh, small business community. That's a, just the mentors that, um, from all different sectors too, which is cool. And you go to meet with these guys and you get it's assigned a mentor or two in our case. And they might not be from the same world. You can just bounce your ideas off and just have someone give you a sanity check. Right. Um, we're part of different trade associations, but as far as locally in Philly, it's really score um, the uh, food export program and then just the food scene around here. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the food scene probably is, is huge. I mean, is there, are you no, are you in a, like a lot of restaurants carrying it or anything like that? Or do you do you try to get into those channels too? Absolutely. So we're in about a thousand restaurants. Um, I am uh, sad to say we do a little bit better in the Midwest than we do in Philly. Uh, I think a lot of people here like to make uh, products on their own, even mm-hmm. if it's something complex like a you know sauce, like a bacon jam that takes four hours to make. But we have some really good uh, restaurant customers in the area. Um, and it has, you know, we do well on the shelves and in restaurants, but yeah, it, it took a little while to get it adopted. I think originally people were like, oh man, we're already known for cheese steaks and cheese <laughs> and grapple and pork roll. And we're going to do another thing that's like over the top gluttonous, but it, it's now gone on, especially any place that has a burger. Now you'll see a bacon jam in the area. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. And, and what is sort of like a... I guess a go-to-market strategy in terms of when you're a smaller team, when you're a smaller startup, what, what kind of things are you doing behind the scenes to make sure that you can get to these next levels and, you know, get into another thousand restaurants or, you know, or a thousand new grocery stores or whatever it might be. What, what, what do you guys kind of sit back on and go, this is where we want to focus. This is where we think the best way to get our product out is. So in my company, uh, we have uh, what we call the shiny ball problem <laughs> if we see it, it looks good we run after it and we we go for it um most people that are starting a food brand or any cpg brand are usually going to conquer a geographic territory own it and then expand either to the next one that makes the most sense or the one that's right next door 
Mm-hmm. We didn't do that because we started online. We were taking B2B orders everywhere. So we're you know, national. We're distributed nationally in food service and in retail with a few strong points here and there. So what we've realized is that we do need to sort of step back. And that's when I sort of like, was like, ah, oh, we're not, we don't do that as great in Philly as I want to. It's, mm-hmm. we do well, but it's our home territory and we don't own it yet. Right. Um, whereas there, there are some areas and some, some markets that we do own. And um, we're sort of stepping back and look at that. What we've, we've been doing is partnering with brokers. Uh, we call them outside sales reps or whatever, but in the food business, they're brokers. Um, so people that represent a few different brands, we try to find guys that are and gals that are um, that have brands that and products that align with us um, in both food service and in retail. And those are two st- totally separate channels that we're trying to operate in. So right. we uh, we had this conversation a lot: is where should we put our focus? And the answer is. What's the last email that came in? <laughs> because people want, people want it, right? And if right. we don't make it, they're gonna someone else is gonna do it themselves, or they're gonna you know find someone else to to figure it out, you know? Yeah, well, you know, that's I I think I, uh, two things popped in my head. One is how do you uh, sort of trademark this this food product? How, how do you own this space as a brand and say we are bacon jam? We are. Yep this, you know, if you're so, eating bacon jam, it's us, right? How do you own that in, as a startup company? So with food, unless you came up with a new piece of machinery to make something, there's not really a way to patent anything mm-hmm. as you probably know. So, you know, that's why everyone has secret recipes and, you know, right. everything's a secret recipe. So our recipe sensibly is on the package. Anyone can make bacon jam, but many restaurants make their own. Uh, many were making it before we made it. Um, now there's other people that have sort of mimicked us in the space and in, in, uh, the package make a jam as well. So what do we do? We, you know, we trademark our brand and our mark. Uh, we have a few different brands. We do some private label business. We try to own the space as much as possible. But the reality is we're going to continue to make the best bacon jam in the market, the way that chefs make it. And we're going to come to market at the best possible price, uh, for the consumer. Uh, so we're going to be best in class we're going to be first mover we're going to continue to use the best ingredients and we're going to not cut corners on processing which we see a lot of our competitors doing or they're not cut, they're not making bad products they're just making it in a way that's different than what you would expect sure. um, at a restaurant so either less bacon or no bacon um and it, so we just we're going to continue to be to make the best one out there that's cool. um, and to offer a good variety and a good value that's awesome yeah, and you guys just had a pretty big win, didn't you, with QVC? I thought I then I see something yeah, about that. What, we, was that. That was a big win not too long ago, right? Yeah, we've had a few. Uh, we've had a, a, a nice little run so far. Uh, we've sold out at, at QVC the last few times we went on, um, and the it's just a great response. QVC is a great way to to prove a concept for a product that there's national interest for it. You know, something mm-hmm. especially with food where. You're, you can't taste it, right? So you're saying, like, here's this new thing, bacon jam, that you might have not heard of because only 30% of Americans have even heard of it. And we want you to buy it without trying it. So, like, mm-hmm. trust me. And it's not, you know, we're selling these two big jars on there. So it's like $30 spend. And it's 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 awesome. But the, the, the hosts at QVC are great. The stylists are great. So they, they make a nice spread that's appetizing. But really, it's about the consumer wanting the product. And uh, for us, that's the the beauty of that uh, that program and that platform is we can like really prove to ourselves and other buyers that we have something that 
that people want. And then you get all you get reviews on QVC. We're actually nominated for best condiment, so that's great. Uh, yeah, so we can get uh, you know, and there's nothing like going back to the green room and having everybody be like, "Whoa, you sold out! This is awesome!" And yeah, you see guys from pretty big companies, and in some cases, you know, the principals of those companies are there that representing their brand. Like there's some big name yeah. chefs and and companies that go on there, and they're like giving you a high five. Um, I won't mention any names, but you get a high five from some guy that you've been watching on TV for like 10, 15 years. And he's like, well, you sold out, man. Like that feels really good. So. Yeah. Well, you, you know, what's intriguing. It just popped in my brain here is just the, the wide spectrum of an audience. Then if you've done a Kickstarter and you proved it there, which is mm-hmm. typically a little bit of a younger audience, you know, probably mm-hmm. 45 and under. And to me, QVC probably skews a little bit older, probably a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 50 plus, I don't know, you know, somewhere around there. I so mean, I don't have all the demographics, but yeah, yeah it's, it's somewhere really in that, you know, Kickstarter. You know, I mean, but yeah, definitely different audiences. I mean, QVC, oh, yeah. you know, the Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. I mean, that tells you a ton that this product, I mean, it's a wide open market. It isn't like, oh, only millennials like it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So it's, I think the way we approach different segments of, of the market, different demographics changes slightly, but essentially what we're offering is something that's gourmet and gluttonous and bacon. And, you know, there's some health benefits. It's better for you because there's no nitrates or nitrates in it. We use antibiotic free bacon, humanely raised, vegetarian fed, all this awesome stuff. It's also upcycled which is a big thing that we're focusing on in the future uh, and with bacon jam. So just really hammering down the supply chain to make sure that we're sort of tackling food waste and uh, taking, uh, making the best possible use of different uh, uh, ingredients that are either typically lost or not used in the, in the supply chain. Right. So, um, you know, in that regard, we have something for everyone that they're looking for, but it, what it boils down to mainly is we make good quality products that make somebody's life a lot easier, whether they're a professional chef or, or a home cook, you know, we're just going to make your life easier and make people put smiles on people's faces that you're serving. And that's sure. what I love the most about the, the food business was watching people smile when they ate something that I made mm-hmm. and I want to offer that to people. And bacon's a great way to do that. Yeah. 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 I think everybody, everybody's always smiling with bacon's around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so how do you keep up with quality control? I mean, there's so many, it feels like there's a lot of moving parts around it. How, how do you stay on top of that to where, you know, mm-hmm. a bad batch isn't getting, you know, is it sliding out somehow and ended in the Midwest? How, how do you control that? How do you stay on top of that sort of stuff? So you uh, develop uh, plans and put, uh, you know, standard operating procedures and what's called HACCP plans. So um, what you're doing is uh, hazardous uh, critical control points uh, for the most part. Also, you have... It's, for us, it's key to have very trusted suppliers. Um, we only contract with bacon suppliers who uh, are locally or mostly local that we can go and see their plants, see their entire from nuts to bowl. And with our main product, the bacon jam, it bacon's the you know the thing that we're worried about most as far as quality control, right? Um, so we tour facilities, we tour farms, um, and then in our own facility, we we use the you know third party audits. And then, you know, sometimes you get uh, uh, a case gets bumped and the lid pops off and something like that happens. You take care of it with the consumer. But as far as like um, bad batches going out, that's all controlled uh, in the in the cooking facility. We have a we, we hold our products for 10 days to do testing on them uh, because it is a USDA certified product, which means yeah. there's a, it's a meat. So there's a, there are uh, hazards. So we just mitigate those risks. Um, and, you know, we taste things. That's what it comes down to after testing and everything is, uh, you know, make sure it's safe, but then you, you taste it and it's not right. You figure out what's wrong with it. And then you take that and 
you take it to a backyard barbecue for a few years, uh, that like that batch, uh, but you know, you don't let it go. You don't let it get out there and you want to protect your brand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, so how did you end up in this whole, you know, scheme of things, start thinking about equity crowdfunding and starting to think about, you know, I think this is a vehicle because again, equity crowdfunding is very new. Yep. Um, it, it is the wild west uh, when it comes to crowdfunding. It's, you know, you're going after uh, unaccredited investors mostly. Yep. How did, you know, was this just a random email that rolled in one day or was there a, a thought of like, this is a, a good way for us to, to maybe possibly raise some cash? There was, there were two, there's a series of emails. So first, we got bombarded by by three different uh, VC, like real VC companies, mm-hmm. um, that said we're interested in investing. And I'm like, you know, my eyes lit up. I'm like, oh, we're gonna, you know, gonna someone's gonna take half my company, but I'll be rich. So this will be cool. And then they all realized that we were way smaller than they thought. Like we punch way above our weight on social <laughs> media, and like we had the explosive growth. So these guys were like, well, we thought, and you know, but I got, and you know, we got in our head like, what will we do? if we had the capital at yeah. the same time we got an email from uh, a, a equity crowdfunding uh site and we started shopping around we settled on WeFunder, and what really sold us on that platform other than that it was available to us versus vc which we would have come in as a much we would have to give up too much uh yeah. at our, our current level was that what appealed to us was that we're going to offer this to non-accredited investors which means uh and you know some of our people that buy from us are accredited but we can sell it to we can sell equity to stores especially gourmet stores that have been our customers for years you know five plus years now they're always worried that about things like are we going to go to walmart which we did or are we going to go to the grocery store down the street um are they not going to make a new product just for us which we have but they're still worried about these things now they can buy in if they help us get successful by selling our products and promoting our products and we sell out one day they're on the ride. The sales reps from our distributors, the fans of the company, these are all people who, people that have been following us on social media and buying our products for years or selling them for us, our brokers, they can all now have the opportunity to buy in. And for me, I mean, right now we're up to like 180 investors. It's 180 brand investors I had out on the street, right? That are not just, you know, my friends, my family who've been super supportive, you know, Bruce's friends and family, but these people are now like bought in. They're on. They're in for real, yeah. more than just because they care about us, and more than just because they sell our products and they want to make you know whatever their margin at the store is. They're in because like they're a part of the company, and that to me is is super powerful. Yeah, totally. What were some of the um, the the to do items that you had to do before you you know got on WeFunder? What was some of the back end paperwork? Just all the yeah. little stuff that you might have had to have done. There were certainly some hoops. Um, so, you know, two years financials, um, you know, from a, uh, you know, a generally accepted accounting principle standpoint, sort of format that, and we got to hire an accountant. Uh, you know, you have to uh, get your offering um, put together by a, a attorney, unless you're an attorney yourself, which I'm not, <laughs> um, just to cook. And, uh, then, uh, you, so it was basically the accounting the, the documentation, but also like sort of going back and figuring out what our story is, how we want to position it, and then just getting all of the the potential investors like in a, in buckets and getting ready to actually tell our story to them. Right. Um, which you know, obviously, you can get some help doing that. You can get some help doing all those those pieces, but 
it, it was a big undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know it is. It takes, it takes a lot to get kind of everything all in order. And, and, you know, when you guys are approaching this, what is sort of the temperature around the company in terms of like expectations on it? And, and you know, what are the internal conversations and what are people asking again? Cause it's probably new for everybody. around, mm-hmm. Right. So absolutely. You know, what's like a typical, what's a Tuesday afternoon look like when people are asking questions and stuff. So it ranged from me being like, we're going to raise a million dollars in a month to my partner being like, no one's going to invest in this to an employee being like, I have $5,000 I want to put in the company to like, it, it's like all over the place. Cause you don't know right. what it's going to be. And like, you know, we have one part-time person that like was looking at us like, is this a scam or something? Like, what are you mean? Like, you're going to, you know, we're not like hard selling anyone, but like, you're just hearing like what it is and like our own uh, insecurities about like putting it out there. Like are, we're going to put our financials out that anyone can see. Right. Um, and which, you know, maybe there's something in there that a competitor can like glean and, you know, take an advantage. I don't know. So there's like, you go through all these like cycles of doubt and, mm-hmm. um, and hope. And then you figure out like, is it a good, is it good? You know, we weighed the pros and the cons and then you pull the trigger. You do it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's definitely an excitement like on launch day when the first, like, you know, we're just like slamming it. We're like, we're watching the, the ticker go up and then it, it slowed down a little bit, but that it's uh, very exciting. It, remind, it was very reminiscent of our Kickstarter campaign. We had a, uh, a rule every time we got a Kickstarter backer that we uh, would have to, we'd have to go high five. So we were like leaving our houses to go high five in like parking lots uh, throughout the campaign. Eventually we, we got to cancel the rule because it got out of hand. But this is like that too, where we're like shooting a text. Like, Oh, do you know that guy that, you know, that, do you know, you know, Dean or do you know Pete? Like, right. like, no, I don't know. I mean, it must be some like somebody like from outside our, like, yeah. our, our, like, you know, circle, our, our network. Yeah. And like, that was exciting. Or like seeing someone who like, you knew from back in the day and they come in for like five grand. And you're like, holy crap. Like, right. I didn't know that guy had money. First of all, second of all, I didn't know that like he likes me <laughs> or like yeah, that's maybe he doesn't like me and he just wants to join the company to like <laughs> to destroy it. Maybe like, <laughs> yeah, to like yeah, you're worried. About, like you start thinking. I don't know. We're we're uh, pretty hopeful, but also pretty pretty. That's funny. I don't know. What kind of I mean, in general, I mean, what what has been like the majority of feedback when it comes to an investor, or what are like what's an investor question that kind of always sort of pops up that you've heard and you're you're always trying to answer it the right way, you know? They're all over the board. Mm-hmm. Um, the from some guys coming in with questions where I had to like spend an hour just looking up terms, <laughs> like uh, what's your uh, GAWRC like growth for the, like the category. And I'm like don't, having to research like what that is and like what, not just what the term is, but then like what the, the truth of the, the answer to the question is. Um, and then we get just silly questions like, you know, is there real bacon in it? Like, like, like product questions. So, you know, you get questions from people that have like dove into it and seen some, some, you know, potential risks, which, you know, we disclose, but some people, there's a lot of savvy investors out there that'll ask deeper questions. And that actually was helpful for us to sort of, you know, learn more about ourselves, about our company and our, and do our SWOT analysis a little bit better mm-hmm. um, to see what some of those weaknesses are. 
Um, and then other people, you know, you treat, they're coming in with questions that are basically that they want to invest, they're fans of the brand, but they're basically consumers and they're going to ask consumer type questions. And then we look at them as a more bought in consumer. So, uh, you know, the big one is what are you going to do? How am I going to make money? Right. Um, you know, I just got asked that question last night and I'm like, you know, you make money when we make money. <laughs> and, uh, if we become super profitable, you'll make your return. If we sell the company, you know, you, you get, you exit with us. Uh, somebody comes in and wants to, to take half the company and just keep the, the partners. You'll probably, you'll get a payday. You know, the, it's all, there's all different options and there's, they want to know what our goals are and our goals are to get to a certain level and then figure it out. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and what is the, you know, what did you guys possibly sort of look at as like the biggest risk to do this? Like that, you, you know, maybe would keep you off the fence of, of doing an equity campaign. Like, was there something that you were looking at? You're like, uh, maybe like, I don't want to put my financials out there, but was there something along those lines that you were like, that, that really kind of, you guys were really, really hesitant about, or maybe there wasn't. No, there certainly was. So one, the big one was just looking foolish. Like you go, you do this thing and you don't raise any money, right? <laughs> like you're just like, you get, you have a, a goal and you, you raise like a thousand bucks. Right. Yeah, nobody likes this. Nobody likes this. <laughs> but like, we know people like the product, but then it's like, do they like us? Cause they're not investing in just a product. They're investing in the management team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that we realized right away after doing our pre-launch that that wasn't the case. So that felt great. So that, um, but the other thing is we don't, we're not really worried about putting the financials out there really. I mean, it's like sort of, same reason, like for being insecure, people aren't going to like it, but, um, you know, are you going to, is crowdfunding a real thing? Are people going to think it's a scam? Um, you know, is you're going to do some sort of brand damage. Um, but you, you realize that it's not the case because you're, you're laying it all out there. So, right. you know, they, you tell them a hundred times in the campaign or in the, you know, I did a webinar that like, I can't, predict the future and i can't i don't know what's going to happen so like don't do this unless you got some money funny money to play with and you want to go along for the ride with us and you really believe in us so uh you know that's i think that was it really just like like but you you sort of like if you're really afraid of those things like we sat down we're just like well then why are we in business like if we don't believe in ourselves like why are we going to continue to do this so instead of going to get real jobs right right Yeah. So, I mean, so how long do you have left in the campaign? I mean, this is, I think you've got what, two more weeks or so? Well, how, how much longer do you have in the campaign? Yeah. So we start winding down on, uh, on August 16th. Okay. Um, so it's, uh, I don't even know what day it is, but uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, this will probably yeah. come out with a, they'll, they'll have about, yeah. Uh, weeks yeah. This will come out. So yeah. So we've got, uh, you know, probably two weeks left and, uh, you know, we, we crushed our goal, um, by like 15% and, um, we, you know, are open to more. We actually, it's, it's been interesting as we've had a lot of outside investors reach out or more VC that said, Hey, we noticed this, you look good, you know, let, keep us in, keep us in the loop for in the future. So it's interesting to, to see that, like yeah. how it's making us think about how we run our business and what our, our long-term goals are. Right. Right. And if somebody wants to get involved what do you, what do you, what do they need to do? How, how does that work? So, so they go to wefunder.com backslash TBJ gourmet. Okay. Uh, you, you look at our deck. 
uh, you know, just take a look and see, you know, why we think we are the, you know, the valuation we're at, what the risks are. And then you can click a button that says invest as little as a hundred dollars. Um, and, uh, if you go higher than a certain amount, they, they ask for some background information to see if you're accredited. Uh, but, um, I don't know all the details about that. And at the very least you can go on and follow us and see, you know, get campaign updates for the public ones that are public. Um, we'll get the private investor updates, but, uh, yeah, it's wefunder.com backslash TBJ gourmet. That's great. That's great. And where do you, I mean, if you had to sort of predict the future, kind of where do you see the company in five years? Where do you see it? Like what, what, what is something that in your mind you're like, I, I, I'm pushing us to get here, you know? So right now in the retail space, so in grocery stores, we're at 15% market penetration. So we're in 15% of the, the number, total number of stores that we think Bacon Jam should be in, uh, in, in say five years or three years. Five years. What's going on in five years? Five years. I we need to be in seventy five percent of those stores, yeah, uh, at least. And we want to be uh, we want to be in um, a lot more restaurants. So we're yeah. in a thousand restaurants right now. Uh, we're talking like in the in the five figures of numbers of restaurant wow. menus that we're on. Yeah. Um, we want to we want to take out any restaurant that's that has more than one location that's making their own bacon jam and say we're going to do that for you. We're going to save you time. We're going to save you money. Uh, and then that's just in the bacon jam sphere. So we want to have uh, uh, near full market penetration, uh, and we want to have a few new products out as well. So cool. we're, we're looking at ten million in revenue is what we're, our goal is for five years that's in cool. annual revenue. So and then after this campaign closes and all the money clears and drops and all that, all that sort of stuff happens behind the scenes. What, what does that allow you to do? What, what starts happening? I mean, is, you know, are you driving a Ferrari behind the scenes or are you still sitting, you know, you at that same desk? I mean, what, what starts to happen for you guys? So my wife, my wife just asked me, she's like, well, you're going to get a raise, right? You're going to give yourself a raise when you get the money. I said, no, I'm probably going to cut my pay a little bit and have to hire some people. Um, so we're looking at hiring uh, at least one uh, VP of sales for one of the two channels for food service or retail. Uh, we're looking at taking some of the funds to do uh, marketing uh, and travel to two different regions to get ourselves into the supermarkets. Um, there is another opportunity that came up during the campaign for some retooling of equipment that we have that could get us into a packaging that we think could drastically boost sales. So we have to determine do we, which do we do first? Depends how we close out the campaign. If we can do both at the same time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're somewhat limited in what, uh, what packaging we can put our products into, which then limits where we go and the price points we can be on the shelves at. Um, so with a little bit of retooling, we could do that. So basically sales, marketing, and, uh, all the things that you want to hear as an <laughs> investor, you know, we're, yeah. we're, we're, not increasing, unfortunately, my payroll. <laughs> uh, yeah. You have to deal with that battle at home, then it sounds like. Uh, that's a, at home. Yeah. Well, cool. I, say, I mean, I got a two and a half year old. I don't think he's about ready for his first business. He has to do a little <laughs> lemonade stand out front to bring yeah. some drink, come into the house. Yeah. Well, you know, bacon lem lemonade or something, maybe. I don't know. I, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'll take all our bacon. Yeah, I don't know if I want to drink it though. I know. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm drinking some, uh, some pea pod protein thing right now. The wife's making me drink for some protein. I don't know. What. I'm uh, familiar with this. With this. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
We've got a. It's not. It's not a faux protein, but we have a new item that um, that's going to be coming out soon. That's going to. I think it's going to be pretty cool. I can't speak. Yeah, to yeah. Waiting on a patent for it, um, but it's uh, it's in the realm of bacon, and but it's also super awesome. You're, I think. <laughs> And we don't spend too much time on R&D. We have a lot of help. Oh, that's another community I should mention. Uh, you know, Drexel Food Innovation Labs, Drexel University. Um, has, as far as new product development, they've, they're great. Um, our in-house team's great too, but um, it's good to have um, outside people on that. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Mike, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I mean, you got a busy schedule here, which you're in the middle of, a, of an equity raise here. Um, I encourage everybody to go check it out. I know the product inside and out. Um, I'm very familiar with it, but, uh, and I recommend everybody going over to WeFund right now. If you're thinking about uh, maybe investing, this would be a phenomenal product too. There it is right there. Yeah. Uncured bacon jam. Sweet spreadable bacon. <laughs> <laughs> mm, very tasty you know i had a burger last night i they didn't you know they didn't have it they didn't have the, the bacon jam but I, I went to a restaurant you know you gotta gotta get you there you, you so the, absolutely send me the, send me the, the name and number <laughs> will do well i appreciate right. it mike so everybody uh make sure you guys go check this out mike again thanks so much for your time and uh all right good luck on the rest of the campaign thank you thanks for all your help all right, guys, I told you that was a hot interview. So again, Mike, thanks again so much for uh, taking time and uh, sitting down and chatting. If you have questions about um, thinking about running a, an equity campaign, obviously reach out to us at Woodshed Agency. Um, Woodshed.agency is our website. You can go there. Obviously, I've got forms. You sign up. Uh, get in contact with me if you go to the consultation button, and we can chat about if this is right for your business. And I'll tell you, equity is not right for everybody, but if it is, it can be a great fit for raising some capital in your company. So, all right, let's listen to this song called Cowboy. Uh, this is a song I wrote a long time ago, but it's one of my favorites. Uh, I, I always think that there's some pretty poignant lyrics uh, if, you, if you focus on that. And um, like I said, I've got a few more episodes in the can here, so we're going to get a couple of uh, these coming out a little bit more regularly. Um, but if you are a subscriber, thank you so much. And remember, leave a review if you're enjoying what you're, what you're hearing here, and follow us on all our social media. And go invest in TBJ Gourmet. Go over to WeFunder now. Um, let's, get some, uh, let's get some new investors on, uh, on their uh, project here. All right, guys. The song calls Cowboy. Have a great week. Talk to y'all later. Stormy clouds distract my gaze. Every day was the same thing. Another pill, another hill to climb. Please tell the truth this one time. How long till the pain will cease? Yeah, my dreams are gone. My life is waiting in pots of dirt. That's my only cleansing blood. I can't figure out why there's no life inside of me.
and I lie awake all night. My dreams are gone, my life is waiting in pounds of dirt. That's my only cleansing, but I can't figure out. 